Good evening, everybody. Had an interesting dream last night, and want to welcome people from around the world, the Witnesses of Christ Ministry of Bible Study, January 3rd, 2017, the first one of the year. Um, the dream I had last night, I don't know where I was. <laughs> what a way to start out the story, huh? But in, in that, God had me preaching. And where I was preaching at, I was telling the people that we had to look at God and respect God like Israel of old did. When Abraham heard God, he believed God. When Isaac heard God's voice, he believed God. When Jacob Jacob feared God greatly. I mean, he, of any man that had a close encounter with God, it was Jacob. Because at this time, no human had ever wrestled with God. It was a, a wrestling match that took place all night long. And then for God to have shown him earlier heaven, and Clinton, you, you'll love this part because you studied the Orthodox Jewish Bible and you studied the complete Jewish Bible. Uh, one account said that Jacob in, De, uh, in Genesis chapter 28, starting at verse 13, that Jacob, when God let down that staircase or that ladder, ladder from heaven, uh, one translation said that God was standing above the ladder looking down and he talked with him. The other translation said, God stood beside him. A so, little, little disparity, but in either case, where, the way I look at it, was Jacob was in the presence of God. Anyway, so I was telling people in the dream that they had to believe God. They had to look at God like Israel of old looked at him. And when they seen God... There was no doubt in their mind who they were talking to or who was talking with them. And so that's the kind of revelation I like for us to have in this ministry. I want people to experience God in that way, the way that Jacob did. I want us to experience God the way Moses did. Moses knew that he was in the presence of God. Moses knew when God spoke. Okay, we don't get that for some reason in our world today. We have almost like a far off understanding of God and that God doesn't come close and talk to us. And we do believe that God's spirit by Lord Jesus speak to us. But listen, folks, God is in us. Amen. And because he's in us. We have to have a fear for God beyond anything on this earth. Because, oh my goodness, Almighty's going to see what I see. He's going to hear what I hear. He's going to go where I go. Do you understand what I'm saying? That's what Jesus said that we're to have for God. And when we understand that kind of closeness that we have with the Almighty, with our Heavenly Father, because of His Son, Jesus, then I believe we will have a different kind of love and a different kind of respect for him. Amen? When we come into God's house, we won't be talking about everything else. We won't let anything distract us. We'll go, shh, 
Don't you know God is in his holy sanctuary? You be quiet right now because God is here. Don't you desire that for your singers, Miss Vicky? I desire that for each and every one of you, for myself. And that dream was so like, it blew me away, like, wow. And so last week, well, not last week, Sunday, Miss Vicky on New Year's Day, at the end of the service, Miss Vicky had a very powerful, powerful request. And she don't realize what a question her request is, the depths of it. At least I don't think. I know she have a, a understanding of it. And she has a book there with pictures, and of course I have to. I took biblical geography, so I can tell you about your book. Okay, I have a whole text series, a whole class from seminary with maps and everything. <laughs> so you didn't know who you were. <laughs> so I, I had, I, in fact, we had to teach each other in class as the professor graded us. And so, uh, anyway, that's neither here nor there. What you all about to see tonight, I know the kids today were their first day of school. I'm going to try my best to get us through this tonight. If we can't, I don't like to skip next Tuesday with it. I like to continue to finish it up. Why are we talking about Israel today? Israel and Jerusalem, the center of world worship, is because the United Nations made a decision, a resolution that would outlaw Israel from building any settlements in the West Bank. That, is, that means that East Jerusalem no longer belongs to the Jews. That means the Welland Wall, which was part of the Temple Mount, no longer belongs to the Jews, but to the Palestinians. Point to it, right? Actually, you've got to find Jerusalem. Find the city of Jerusalem, go towards the center, and uh, you should see it in your mouth. Uh, <laughs> this is Samaria. This is Judea. Jerusalem is part of Judea. There it is. Okay? That's the capital of Israel. That was where King David had moved his capital to. He had conquered this when it was called Jebus and renamed it Jerusalem. Okay? Why did they change the name? King David? Because Jebus was, yes, that's where the Whaling Wall is. Because Jebus was a, a Canaanite name for Jerusalem. And so King David changed it. In fact, that was one of the nations in which they were to conquer when they went into the land. Remember, God told them the Jebusites. Well, those were the people of Jerusalem. All right. Anyway, as we go through this tonight, uh, with the help of the Holy Spirit, we're, we're going to have an amazing time in the Lord by the Holy Spirit as he instructs our hearts tonight. Um. Uh, then I want to talk to you all briefly about what your mission is. You're supposed to have already started your mission January 1st, directors. It is our responsibility as the 12 apostles were sent out to bring in the harvest. It is our responsibility to go out and bring in the harvest. I have changed the way that I do ministry here. I'm spending more time out there talking to people about the Lord trying to get them in here as part of his fellowship. 
Okay? So, with that, Shelley, open us up in prayer. Closes in prayer, scholar. Start by Shelley. Lord Jesus, I just want to come today and um, praise you. Thank you for all the blessings that you gave us in 2016 and all the years before. Yes, Thank Lord. you for all the blessings that we're about to receive in 2017. I want to thank you for all the people that have made it here tonight. Um, for Travel Mercies, for Crystal and Mitchell as they come come back from South Florida. Just keep them safe. I also want to pray for the kids that just started back up for school. Um, guide them. Let them feel you as they study, learn your word, learn the curriculum at the school. Just help them stay seated and and focus when it's tough. I also want to pray for um, our mission that we're about to start. I want to pray for the leaders that they can put together a group that can feel your Holy Spirit and, and let Holy Spirit work through them to gather a harvest come to church with us and, and learn your word as Pastor Sammy teaches us through you. I also want to um, thank you for Pastor Sammy's health last week with Scare. Thank you for letting him feel amazing after that and continue doing what he should even if this pandemic gets mad. And for Zora's health as she went to the ER last night. Close it out, Scholar, so we'll begin study. Dear God, um, I think it's on his day. I pray for WLC. Um, I pray for his Bible study. And I pray for those people out, out in the world that are thankful for everything that Jesus put in front of them. That they get more stuff from home. And I pray that uh, we children of WLC start respecting what we get. And Jesus, we pray, amen. Amen. Uh, I neglected to tell you all the young lady, her and her husband that come here, and I'm not so sure the depth of their relationship, but Sheila may know more than I do, but Don and Grace, little boy, Clyde, was in the hospital, and uh, he's a little bitty fella. He should be thriving, setting up on his own. Clayton, that's it, Clayton. Should be setting up on his own. The kid that we prayed for who had breathing problems, and God healed his breathing problem. Um, now he's not gaining weight. He's very tiny for his age, almost that of an infant still. And he's what nine, ten months old, Shelley? Ten. Yeah, something like that. Uh, anyway, they were going to do surgery on him today, but uh, according to uh, Grace, the baby's mother, her mother explained to me, who works in the hospital, said uh, the doctor who normally heads up that kind of stuff was out last week when they made the decision that they had to operate on this baby very soon. 
uh, came in and reviewed the record and said, whoa, 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 no, 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 no. I don't think we need to operate and put a feeding tube in him. I think this is a matter of uh, behavior, meaning that the kid, he needs to be trained to eat. And I, and I said, okay, I'm glad you told me that because we're gonna pray, and I prayed with the mother on the phone, that God would give this baby the desire to eat, the desire to live, give him the strength to do it, and then have him do it, okay? And so I believe what we're about to see in him is another miracle from our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Uh, the baby's name is Clayton. All right, tonight, what are we gonna be looking at? Uh, we need to go back to the grassroots of why is Israel important to God? And why is the rest of the world need to be siding with Israel rather than opposing Israel? But we do know according to scripture, that's just not gonna happen, okay? All right, let's go back. Uh, Israel and Jerusalem, supposed to be the center of world worship of the one true God, okay? Where did it all begin? In Genesis 12, three, this is God talking to Abram. His name is not Abraham yet. He's still in his hometown uh, up there near uh, Haran, which is in Syria. And the actual spelling of that, Clinton, you're going to love it. It's C-H-A-R-A-N, the, the, the sound in Hebrew. In English, what they did, they dropped the C so it's easier to pronounce. So you try to pronounce C-H-A-R-A-N. And most of you would try to say Charan, but they dropped the C. That's where we get Haran from. Okay. Anyway, God is talking to this old man. He's, he's 75 years old. And he said, I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. That is called the Abrahamic covenant. Folks, it began because God wanted to raise up a nation of people that would be his model nation. And through that nation, God would draw all the nations of the world to him. Do you see that in that statement in verse 1? I mean, verse 3 there. He said, God is speaking to Abram and will set him up as the patriarch. That's me now with the bullet comment following. God is speaking to Abram and will set him up as the patriarch of the new coming nation, Israel. Okay, very little said about Isaac, Abraham's son. And then Isaac has twin boys. Y'all remember their names? Esau and Jacob. Okay. Uh, Jacob has an encounter with the same God as his grandfather, Abraham. We will see that in a moment. Am I in your way, Deacon? Because I can actually teach from this side over here. It's actually better on my back. I may be in Clinton's way. Okay. Now... Genesis 28, 13, please take note of this. It's very important that you put these markers down and go back and read it in depth. And behold, the Lord stood above it. What had just happened, I should have put verse 12 there. God had just opened up the window of heaven, allowed Jacob to see in this dream. Jacob is tired. He was coming up from Bathsheba in the south. You should see Bathsheba on your map is somewhere down here. You should see it somewhere down there. Okay, Bathsheba. All right, in the south. Still Israel. Okay, that's where King David had his first headquarters at. So anyway, uh, Jacob was coming from there. He was headed back north, back home. And uh, 
he became a little weary of his trip. And so night had fallen, so he's now taking a, a break. You know, he's gonna sleep overnight. Took a stone, laid it down for the night, went into a night vision, okay? Here's where we're at in that, 28:13. God just let down a staircase from heaven. Jacob sees angels going up and down this ladder. And as I was telling Clinton from the Jewish Orthodox Bible, Orthodox Jewish Bible or the complete Jewish Bible, both of them actually give us a better uh, explanation than what the English Bible does. But however, one said God was standing above the staircase at the top of it talking to Jacob. The other one said that God was standing beside Jacob talking to him. That's the only disparity I see. But in either case, God was talking to him. Amen? Um, so, and behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, your father, and God of Isaac. In other words, uh, that's also an important fact for you to remember. He was telling him also that God, that Abraham and Isaac were not dead. Even though their flesh are buried, they themselves are not dead. Okay, the land on which you lie, I will give to you and your descendants. Folks, that is the hallmark statement, and you'll find it in some early chapters there in Genesis. You got to read between 12 and 28. There's a whole host of information about it there. Now, God is talking, okay? That's why I can't believe, especially in the Christian world, Christian nations, why would you want to support a decision from the UN to take land from Israel and give it to the Palestinians. When in fact, God said, God said, God said, God said that this land belonged to who? Let me hear you. Israel. Come on, say it. Teenagers, who, who the land belonged to? Israel. Israel. Okay, we're on one accord. And verse 14, also your descendants shall be as the dust of the earth. You shall spread abroad to the west and to the east, to the north and to the South. In other words, God said, I'm going to give you the whole thing. And he set the boundaries all the way from the great river called the Euphrates, even to the great sea, which is the Mediterranean Sea, all the way to the south of Egypt, and all the way back over across the Jordan to Moab. All of that encompassed the land of Israel. Euphrates to what? Euphrates River, all the way to the south, sis. All the way to the south to the Negev. Below the Negev, you will see Egypt. Okay? From, what was the other And from the east, other words, from the Jordan. Jordan. All the way outside of Jericho, and all, all the way past that, all the way to the Mediterranean Sea. And as far north as Hazar, where uh, Joshua hamstringed the horses and won that battle when he defeated the king of Hazar. Okay, to the north, way north of Megiddo. Well, all the way north, up there at the very base of the um, mountains, okay? Known today as the Lebanon Mountain Range. All right, moving on. And God states it again, uh, the second phrase, and in you and in your seed, all the families of the earth shall be what? Blessed. Right, God reinstates the same thing there that he had told Jacob's grandfather. Verse 15, Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land. For I will not leave you until I have done what I have spoken to you. 
Folks, when God said to this man that I'm going to keep my word, that I'm going to personally oversee that this thing is done, and I'm not going to leave you, Jacob, until it's done. Jacob is another name. God will later change his name to what? Anybody know? Yes, sir. Israel. So God is saying through Jacob, Israel, I'm not going to leave you until you have all of this land. And under Joshua, that happens. Okay? The conquest of Joshua you find in the book of Joshua or Yeshua. All right? And it says, and then verse 16, And Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I did not know it. That's a powerful statement. Go to the next slide, please. All right. So, in verse 17, And he, talking about Jacob, was afraid and said, How awesome is this place! This is none other than the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. I mean, the man woke up basically shaken. <laughs> Wait a minute. God is in this place. How awesome is this place? Because God is here. Amen. That's why we need to be excited like that when we come into the house of God. Amen. God is in this place. For I know some stuff going to happen today. Amen. That's why I'm spitting all over myself. I'm excited up here. All right? And this is the gate of heaven. In other words, this is where we can get in contact with God. That's what Jacob is saying. Everything is open for me. Okay? God has opened the gate. Then Jacob rose early in the morning, took the stone that he had put uh, at his head, set it up as a pillar. In other words, a pillar is a place of worship. worship. You go, girl. Place of worship and poured oil on it. Oil represented what? Oil represented what? Come on, folks. Anointing. There you go. Y'all on it. On top of it. Then he called the name of the place Bethel. And I can show you how it's spelled in Hebrew. Much different than that. Which means, Beth means house. El is God. House of God. Okay? But the name of that city had been Lutz previously. Then Jacob made a vow saying, If God would be with me, and keep me in this way that I am going, and give me bread to eat and clothing to put on, so that I come back to my father's house in peace, then the Lord shall be my God. I thought that was a little bit ostentatious by Jacob, <laughs> but you know what? God honored it. You got to understand the language of these men of that day. Even though we kind of scatterbrained folks and say, oh man, he should have talked to God nicer than that. You got to understand the culture of that day. That's, that's his way of being uh, humble before God, okay? Not that he was telling God what to do. Amen? Then in verse 22, we'll pray for your sister in the name of Jesus. She rang the bell, Father. Lord Jesus, touch her heart. And this stone which I have set as a pillar shall be God's house. And all of that you give me, I will surely give a tenth to you. Folks, that's paying tithe. Did you see that? And the law had not yet been given because there's no nation of Israel yet. No Sinai, okay, had taken place. No past, no giving of the Ten Commandments has not happened. All right? Next slide. Uh, just a sidebar note for Miss Vicky. All right, in verse 12, I mean, Exodus chapter 12, it said, God's birthed the nation. Hear me telling you now. God birthed the nation of Israel in Egypt. 
and set them free. Right now, what's going to happen is that we're going to concentrate for the next few minutes on the first portion of that statement. God birthed the nation of Israel in Egypt. Chapter 12, I want you to understand what has taken place from, uh, from the time that Joseph go down into Egypt at the end of the book of Genesis to Exodus chapter 12, 450 years, almost 500 years of human history has passed. Uh, that's a lot of time, isn't it? But you don't get that when you're reading it, do you? But it's there. Almost 500 years of human history has passed. Israel is now a full-blown nation of people. Anywhere some estimate from a million and a half to three million people or more. That's a lot of folks. Exodus 12, 12, look at it. This is God about to set his people free. This is the last night that Israel will spend as slaves in Egypt. Okay? For I will pass through the land of Egypt on that night, and I will strike all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and against all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment. I am the Lord, or I am Yahweh. Okay? Look at the next one. Exodus chapter 12, verse 29, just a few verses later. This is, this is it in action. God is now in Egypt. It is night, folks. And God is riding through the land of Egypt. Watch what's, what is happening in Egypt. And it came to pass at midnight, in the midnight hour, God stepped down from heaven, and he's about to carry out an execution in the land of Egypt. The midnight, at midnight that the Lord struck all the firstborn in the land of Egypt. From the firstborn of Pharaoh who sat on his throne to the firstborn of the captive, other words, the slave, who was in the dungeon, and all the firstborn of livestock. So Pharaoh rose in the night, he, all his servants, and all the Egyptians, and there was a great cry in Egypt. God just struck Egypt with a mighty blow. No nation on earth had ever been hit so hard than the nation of Egypt was that night. The Almighty himself struck them. And then I'll tell you here in a moment that God said God would not strike another nation like that. It was the first nation and the only nation he ever struck like he did Egypt. Read the rest. For there was not a house where there was not one dead. Then he called for Moses and Aaron by night and said, Rise, go out from among my people, both you and the children of Israel, and go, serve the Lord as you have said. Also take your flocks and your herds, as you have said, and be gone. And bless me also. An Egyptian urged the people that they might send them out of the land in haste. For they said, We shall all be dead. If you read a little bit farther, it will tell you that God... That night, God, he said he had never struck a nation like that. And neither since then. But a mighty cry occurred in Egypt that night. Next slide. Verse 
years have passed. The children of Israel, this nation, this young nation on earth, God is about to tell them through his servant Moses that they are to be his modern nation on earth. They, the nation in which he birthed from nothing, Deacon Amelia, is supposed to be his modern nation on earth. Let's take a look. Deuteronomy chapter 18, verse 9. When you come into the land which the Lord your God has given you, you shall not learn to follow the abomination of those nations. Okay? There shall not be found among you anyone who makes his son or daughter pass through the fire. That's child sacrifice. Shall not sacrifice your children to demons. Or one who practices witchcraft. All this stuff that y'all see on TV, God said, don't be partakers of it. Or a soothsayer, another one talking about telling the future, right? Or one who interpret omens, other words, signs. Or a sorcerer. Y'all like Harry Potter because he's a what? Child what? Sorcerer. Uh-huh, and God said to do what? Nothing. Stay away. Stay away. All one who conjures spells. Voodoo. Hoodoo. Root man. Y'all got that? The medicine doctor. All that stuff. It's listed there. Or a medium. Other one who calls up. No, no, the medium calls up the what? Demon no, the people from the afterlife, people from the dead, such as the Long Island medium. But those are demons, not the people. Right, we, we, we understand that you're right masquerading, but here God says don't what? Don't do it. Don't be a go-between the dead and the living. Or a spiritist, kind of like the same thing. And you know, tarot cards and palm readers and the chicken bones and all that stuff. Okay? Stay away from it. A one who calls up the dead, for all who do these things are abomination to the Lord. And, uh, and because of these abominations, the Lord your God drives them out from before you. I want to stop and ask you a question. You've seen a theme running through this whole group of scriptures here. What was that one word that was repeated over and over again? It's, it's now considered a key word. A key word is a word that's repeated, you know, repetitively over and over in something. What is it, Zora? You're a college girl. What is that key word? Come on. Don't make me think by myself. It hurt my brain. Obama. Do you see that over and over again? That's a key word. That means God is telling you something. Abomination, another way is to say a person who doesn't believe in God. And that's bad. That's about as bad as it gets. Okay? Verse 13, you shall be blameless before the Lord your God. Verse 14, for these nations which you will depossess, listen to soothsayers and diviners. But as for you, the Lord your God has not appointed you such such for you. In other words, he wanted a nation 
a people who was going to worship him and him only. Seek him and him only. Not seeking idols, not seeking witchcraft, not seeking sorcery, not seeking uh, magic. Magic should have been up there too. All of that stuff. Folks, God saying, I want a nation that's solely dependent on me. Period. Next slide. That's what Israel was supposed to be. God's model nation. Did y'all see that now? All right. God will use the seed of Abraham to draw the nations. Deuteronomy 18, 15. Under that same context where we just left, Shelley, listen what God's saying by the man Moses. This is the man, Jesus Christ, the son of God, Moses is talking about. The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your midst, otherwise from your brothers. Okay? Oh, there it is right there. From your brethren. Him you shall hear. All right. You remember when Jesus had asked his disciples a question up in a place called Chasm Philippi? And he said, who do men say that I am? Y'all remember reading that in Matthew chapter 16? Yeah. yeah. All right. You remember what some of the answers of the disciples were? Some said Elijah. Some said Elijah. Some said prophet. Some said the prophet. That's, they knew that God was sending the prophet. That's him. They also knew that Messiah would come in the spirit of Elijah. So they was hitting around the same answers. Okay? Moses saw Jesus and he called him prophet. There it is. God foretells the nations, foretells that the nations will divide his land. God knew that when Israel go into the land, set up their livelihood, and be there, there will be people that will come in and attempt to divide the land. Now, when you listen to this, everybody, this is not an attempt. This is going to happen. Look at what the text tell you, and it's frightening. Because what the UN did is a fulfillment of this. Let's see. In Joel chapter 3, verse 1, we'll start there. For behold, in those days, and at that time when I bring back the captives of Judah, let me ask you a question. Have the people of Israel, have they gone home? Actually, yes. In 1948, Israel became a, a nation again. Right? So God said, I'll bring back the captives of Judah and Jerusalem. So the Jews, even today, the Jews are still going what? Home. Okay, so you see the fulfillment of that, right? I will also gather all nations. And what the Lord Jesus says in Matthew 24 and 25, he said, I will gather the nations. nations. She remember? Okay. And bring them down to the valley of Jehoshaphat. And I will enter into judgment. Folks, that's not good. Wherever you see where it says judgment, that is not good. Now he's going to tell you why. With them there on account of my people. Other words, what they've been doing to what? My people Israel. 
my heritage Israel, whom they have scattered among the nations. All right, let's take a look. When the Assyrians came and took the ten northern tribes, what did they do to them? They took a great deal of them where? Y'all have heard me say this time and time again, WC. Took them to other nations. They pushed them out of their land. They even brought their own people, uh, conquerors from other nations, and planted them in Samaria. Other words, northern Israel. Why do you think uh, 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 Galilee was called Galilee of the Gentiles in the book of Isaiah? Because the Gentiles lived there because it came in from other nations. So that happened with the Assyrians. And then who came from the north? The northeast. Who came in from the northeast? From the same place where Father Abraham is from, called Mesopotamia. Who came from there with a mighty army that could not be stopped? Syria? Syria? The Babylonians. Okay. Nebuchadnezzar marched in with his army. <clears throat> An army that could not be stopped. God said so. And what did they do? They drug off thousands upon thousands of them into slavery, into where? Babylonia. Took them to Babylon. Who were some of the people in Babylon? We're going to look at some of his work from the Lord here tonight. What's one of the most famous names out of Babylon? Oh, y'all got some work to do. You ever heard of Daniel? Never heard of Daniel? Yeah. Well, he was living under King Nebuchadnezzar, wasn't he? He was drugged out of Israel as a teenage boy. Yeah. Okay. Ever heard of Matt, uh, what is it called? There you go, them bad gold boys. Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. Ever heard of them? The three that were thrown in the fiery furnace. Furnace? Mm -hmm. All came out of Israel as teenage boys. You ever heard of Queen Esther? The book of Esther? Yes. Jewish. Yes. Okay, now we're tracking? Yep. Okay. And God said, they have also divided up my land. And what the United Nations says, what has the Obama administration been doing along with the Bush and the Clintons? Support a two-state Israel. The Palestinian state. And O'Carrie just said that there could never be peace in Israel unless it's a two-state Israel. And boy, Netanyahu is furious at him. I don't blame him. Every Christian should be furious at this. We know what our Father's Word says. That's their land. That's their land. Give it to them by God himself. Next slide, son. 
And, and you know, I can teach much, much in deep in depth on this. With the boundaries and everything, the tribal areas, it, it would take me weeks to teach this. David, one of the UN's part of the UN resolution says that Israel have no claim to the Temple Mount. Let's see why the Temple Mount existed in the first place. Are y'all ready? Zora, you okay? Yeah. What's wrong with your cold? Yeah. Ate some bad food, didn't you? All right. <laughs> Second Samuel chapter 7, starting at verse 1, David has been king for a while in Israel. And he wants to do something great for God before he leaves this earth. Okay? So, now it came to pass when the king was dwelling in his house, and the Lord had given him rest from all his enemies all around. Oh, well, David was a bad boy. <laughs> he had conquered all the nations. And they didn't mess with Israel. Are you hearing me? Like Benjamin Nah, uh, what's his name? Netanyahu. Netanyahu. <clears throat> He's a bad boy, too. He was in the Israeli army. He was an officer in the Israeli army. His brother was killed in the Six-Day War. No, I'm wrong. He wasn't killed in the Six-Day War. He was killed going to Africa to rescue one, the, the hostages that they had taken. He seems like a strong leader. And his, his brother was the only one, uh, a sniper from the, from the air traffic control tower, caught him. And then you and I did that together, Clinton? Didn't we root that together? And so, anyway, um, let's take a look. Verse 2, that the king said to Nathan, the prophet. Nathan is the son of Samuel. Okay. See, now I dwell in a house of cedar, but the ark of God dwells inside, what? Tent curtains. In other words, tabernacle. There's no, there's no place other than a tent in which the ark of the covenant was. And so it's David going, I live in this fancy place, but my God, because the ark of the covenant represented the presence of God. And they said, and this out in a tent, and I'm living in a fancy house? Uh-uh. He, he, couldn't, he couldn't get that. So, then Nathan said to the king, Go, do all that is in your heart, for the Lord is with you. But it happened that night that the word of the Lord came to Nathan, saying, Go and tell my servant David, Thus said the Lord, Would you build a house for me to dwell in? For I have not dwelt in a house since the time that I brought the children of Israel up from Egypt, even to this day, but have moved about in a tent and in a tabernacle. Wherever I have moved about with them, with all the children of Israel, have I ever spoken a word to anyone from a tribe of Israel whom I command to shepherd my people Israel, saying, Why have you not built me a house of cedar? God said, I didn't ask y'all to build me a house. Have I ever asked anybody to build me a house? You know, then he was talking to Israel. Now, therefore, thus shall you say to my servant David, Thus says the Lord of hosts. Otherwise, host means the armies of heaven. That means all of the angels, Shelley. That's what that, that term means. I took you from the sheepfold. Remember, he was a shepherd boy. 
from following the sheep to be ruler over my people, over Israel. Next slide. And I have been with you wherever you have gone. Remember, he had said that with Jacob, right? Ooh, you're tracking, Miss Marie. And have cut off all your enemies from before you and have made you a great name, like the name of the great men who are, are on the earth. Moreover, I will appoint a place for my people Israel and will plant them, that they may dwell in a place of their own and move no more, nor shall the sons of wickedness oppress them anymore, as previously, since the time that I commanded judges to be over my people Israel, and that was for a period over 300 years now, and have caused you to rest from all your enemies, also the Lord tells you that he will make you a house. Now, God said, look, I've done great things for you all. And from the time that Joshua came in the land, Joshua was actually the first judge over Israel. Did y'all know that? And then after him, there was a succession of judges for the next 300 years until God gave them a king. His name was Saul. Okay? Saul, when Saul was known as king, the period of the judges stopped. Samuel the prophet was the last judge over Israel. Now, so here we have it. God is saying, look, I, I, I've done all these things for y'all, but because you wanted to build me a house, I'm going to build you a house, David. What do you think God meant by that? It wasn't a physical house like this, a building. God said, I'm going to build your generations, David. Okay, I'm going to build your generations. Verse 12, when your days are fulfilled and you rest with your fathers, I will set up your seed after you who will come from your body and I will establish his kingdom. God said, from you going to come a king and I'm going to establish his kingdom. Okay. He shall build a house for my name and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. Now, two ways you can look at that. We do know that King Solomon, born by Bathsheba, was David's son and he became king after David, right? And God did great things with, with King Solomon. But, Solomon can't live forever, can he? There must be a king coming out of the seed of David that must be able to live, what? Forever, who must have an everlasting kingdom. His name is Joseph and Mary went down to be counted in the city of David because they were from the house of David. Y'all see it? <laughs> I tell you. Anyway, and this is amazing stuff, isn't it? Verse 14, I will be his father and he shall be my son. David would write in Psalms 2 that God says about Jesus, today I have begotten you. Today you are my son. Today I have begotten you. And ask of me and I will give to you the nations as your inheritance and the ends of the earth as your possession. Cause <laughs> boy, they ain't never seen a king like you, but the world don't know what's coming. <laughs> okay? What is that? Uh, Psalms 2. It's a very short Psalms. Read it. It's so powerful, powerful about our Lord. Coming from King David himself, whom God was talking about. And that, that must have been something when the Father talks about you like that. Man, we don't get that like that, do we? Man, mm. then God goes on to say, 
In verse 14, I will be his father and he shall be my son. If he commits iniquity, I will chasten him with the rod of men and will blow with the blows of the sons of men. Of course, now that's back to Solomon them, and the uh, sons of David. Verse 15, but my mercy shall not depart from him as I took it from Saul, whom I removed from before you. And poor Saul got slammed hard. God took his spirit from Saul. I don't want to say what the final result of Saul is. It's just not my place to say. All I know, I don't want God taking his spirit from me. Even David, after he had an affair with Bathsheba, begged God, and we see it in Psalm 51, he begged God not to take his spirit from him. He said, do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Whew, man, that's just worse. That's, that's really, really bad. Anyway, let me move on. Um, verse 16, And your house and your kingdom shall be established forever before you. Your throne shall be established forever. According to all these words and according to all this vision, so Nathan spoke to David. So God told David, I'm going to establish your throne forever, your house forever, your kingdom forever, your throne forever. And we do know the only way that that can happen was through King Jesus. Amen? Amen. As the prophet Isaiah said in chapter 11, that a stem came out from Jesse, okay? A root, a shoot, you know, from the rod of Jesse. Talking about a tree that had been cut off and those little sprouts come up. He said, that's Jesus. Come up as a tender plant. All right. Thank you, RV. Go to the next one for me, please. God sends word about the Antichrist. Several hundred years into the future now. <laughs> Daniel, one of the boys that went to Babylon in the first deportation, in the first captivity. He's in Babylon, one of the men of God, a man of Israel, a Jewish man. <coughs> we got that established now? And in, this, in his place shall arise a vile person. In other words, if you go back and read from the beginning of chapter 11, you'll find out that God is talking about, there are going to be some bad men on this earth, some bad leaders, some bad kings. They're going to do some horrible things to people. But then God said to Daniel, through this angel, it's going to be one worse than him, worse than them all, a vile man. What does vile mean, Shelly? Like, wicked. wicked, like the worst of the worst of the worst. When I was a prison chaplain in South Carolina, whenever they would bring a person through into the firmament that, that needed to be seen that had capital punishment, a death row inmate, he's the max of the max. They would have him in a metal suit, like with like a metal mask on his head. And all kind of chains shackled to him. And each chain had an officer on it. And that person could barely move under the weight of the armor they had on him. He had to take like two to three inch steps. And they would scream out, capital. And when they say that, all inmates and employees get out the hallway, they become bare. Except for me, they say, oh, chaplain, you don't have to move. And I watched them carry this death row inmate. And he's looking at me and I'm looking at him. 
God, God never intended a man to be shackled like that, worse than an animal. But he was a vile man. He was on death row. The worst of the worst. But God said, there's, there's one coming that's worse than all humans. That's what that means. And this place shall arise a vile person to whom they will not give the honor of royalty. But he shall come in peace and seize the kingdom by intrigue. What does that mean, Miss Vicky? Seize the kingdom by intrigue. Catch their interest. And Catch their interest. How? Before they know it. Uh, yeah, through what? Persuasive words, right? right. Smooth talker. Okay. The one who's able to swab the people to get them to follow his influence through his rhetoric that he speaks. We had one like that in 1960, didn't we? But he got assassinated in Dallas. Such a smooth talker. His name was what? J.F. Kennedy. Kennedy was a smooth talker. Able to swab the people with his boyish look and his charisma, the way that he spoke. If you go to his monument in, the, in, in Arlington National Cemetery, you will see some of his famous sayings encrypted in the cement. And you're going, boy, how did the man think of such words to put in order like that? Yes, that's one of his famous sayings. Are you insinuating that he was... No, I'm not insinuating that he was vile. I'm insinuating that he intrigued the people. Okay. okay? Trump, on the other hand, could have been like that if you didn't talk so crazy. Because <laughs> he had that boy's style to really intrigue people had he not be so poking at people all the time and abraham lincoln was awkward uh, uh, and everything but godly yes but his writings though read his language very very highly intelligent man self-taught lawyer thomas jefferson the one who penned the constitution of the united states because he was the most prolific writer. Able to speak, young Thomas Jefferson, and get men to follow. But this one, no one's seen one like this one that's coming. He's a master of the tongue. And he's going to speak and people go, ooh, ah, oh. yeah, Gina, ooh. And they're going to pull. We need him. Everything he says, just right? Home. And saying he come what? He's going to come as what? Peace. Come in peace. Other words, it must going to be a bunch of calamity going on on the earth. And he's going to come as a smooth talker like, <laughs> come on, folks. We don't need to be doing this. We need to be loving each other. Okay? And whatever way he's going to sweet talk the world, he's going to capture the world's heart. Okay? The world's heart. You got it. Verse 22, with the force of a flood, they shall be swept away from before him and be broken. And all the prince of the covenant, in other words, all the leaders of the covenant, 
Man, this, this joker is going to be something else. In his heart, even though his mouth would speak of peace, in his heart, he's going to be planning for what? War. Destruction, for war, to destroy people. Didn't care about mankind. And after the league is made with him, he shall act deceitfully. In other words, she's going to smooth talk Israel into signing a peace treaty with him. Once they sign this agreement with him, then he's going to turn on him like a rabbit dog. Because now he, the last nation to conquer for him will be Israel. And once he does that, it's on then. He shall act deceitfully, for he shall come up and become strong with a small number of people. Otherwise, he's going to gather, gather a band of leaders that's going to follow behind him. And then from there, that joker is going to rise to the top. Okay? He shall enter peacefully even into the richest place of the providence. There's not going to be any place where go, oh, come on in, come on in, come on in. You're welcome here. Okay? He shall do what his, what his fathers have not done, nor his forefathers. Now, he's talking about wicked men here, folks. He's not talking about Abraham. He's not talking about Isaac. And he's not talking about Jacob. These are wicked, wicked men. He shall disperse among them the plunder. What is plunder? Spoils of war. That's what plunder is. Plunder, spoil, and riches, and he shall devise his plans against the strongholds. Those are the military bases. He's going to have a plan to wipe them out. But only for a time he shall stir up his power and his courage against the king of the south with a great army. Who's the king of the south? Whoever's in control of Egypt. And the king of the south shall be stirred up to battle with a very, very great and mighty army. But he shall not stand, for they shall devise plans against him. Yes, those who eat of the portion of his delicacies shall destroy him. His army shall be swept away, and many shall fall down slain. This guy going to get it. This, this king of the south own people to turn against him. In other words, that's an inside job, Shelley. Next slide. Both these kings' hearts shall be bent on evil, and they shall speak lies at the same table, but it shall not prosper, for the end will stand still, me, and the end will still be at the appointed time. Otherwise, it seems like things are going to be wiped out, but God said the end is not yet. Verse 28, while returning to his land with great riches, his heart shall be moved against the Holy Covenant. The Holy Covenant means the people of Israel. So he shall do damage and return to his own land. At the appointed time, he shall return and go towards the south, but it shall not be like the former or the latter. For, for ships from uh, Cyprus shall come against him. Therefore, he shall be grieved and return in rage against the Holy Covenant and do damage. Otherwise, he's attacking Israel again. 
So it shall return and show regard for those who forsake the Holy Covenant. And force shall be mustered by him, and they shall defile the sanctuary fortress. Otherwise, another name for the temple. Then they shall take away the daily sacrifice and place the abomination of desolation. That's the one that Lord Jesus speaks about in the book of Matthew. That's the one that Paul talks about. This is the Antichrist sitting on the throne in the temple of God, calling himself God. Is that temple here yet? No. The Jews must be able to build this temple in order for this to happen. Next slide. They're not building it. That's not what they're trying to build. Not yet. Matthew 24, 1, Jesus went out and departed from the temple and the disciples came up to show him the buildings of the temple and Jesus said to them do you not see all these things assuredly I say to you not one stone shall be left here upon another that not shall not be thrown down in other words it's going to be destroyed that wasn't the temple that Solomon built that was a temple that, that was rebuilt when the people of Israel or Judah came out of Babylon, Herod had made it better. He added to it because he wanted it to be the most greatest building on earth. Herod the Great, that is. Jesus says, it's coming down. Next slide. Listen carefully, folks. Next slide. Y'all ever heard of Josephus, the Jewish historian? If you ever want to read any of his work, I have one of his books right here. Flavorless Josephus, the Jewish historian who was a Benedict honor of his day. Read his book of wars. The history of the destruction of Jerusalem by Flavorless Josephus. The, the Romans named him Flavorless. Written in, in what? 75 AD. Nearly 40 years when Lord Jesus has gone back to heaven. Proof that Matthew 24 was fully fulfilled in AD 70. And I put in brackets there the, the reference because when you use someone else's work, you have a reference where it comes from. Am I right, Zora? So did I commit plagiarism here? No, I'm giving credit. It's called Bible, www.bible.ca. Okay, if you want to go and read on it more. Now, for the affairs of the Jews, they grew worse and worse continually, for the country was again filled with robbers and impostors who deluded the multitude. Yet did Felix catch, remember Felix was the governor over Israel, the Roman governor. Yet did Felix catch and put to death many of those impostors every day, together with the robbers. He also called Eleazar, the son of Denise, uh, who had gotten together a company of robbers, and this he did by treachery, for he gave him assurance that he should suffer no harm, and thereby persuaded him to come to him. But when he came, he bound him and sent him to Rome. Felix also bore 
and ill will to Jonathan, the high priest, because he frequently gave him abominations of about governing the Jewish affairs better than he did, lest he should himself have complaints made of him by the multitude, since he was who, excuse me, since he it was who had desired Caesar to send him as a procurator of Judea. Procurator is another fancy word for governor. Okay? So Felix contrived a method whereby he might get rid of him. Now he was become so continually troublesome to him. For such continual abomination of grievous to, next slide, those who are disposed to act unjustly. Wherefore Felix persuaded one of Jonathan's most faithful friends, a citizen of Jerusalem, whose name was Dor Doris, to bring the robbers upon Jonathan in order to kill him. And this he did by promising to give him a great deal of money for so doing. Doris complied with the proposal and contrived matters so, that the robbers might murder him after the following manner. Certain of those robbers went up to the city as if they were going to worship God, while they had, daggered, had daggers under their garments, and by thus mingling themselves among the multitude, they slew Jonathan, and as this murder was never avenged, the robbers went up with the greatest security at the festivals after this time. And having weapons concealed in like manner as before, and mingling themselves among the multitude, they slew certain of their own enemies, and were subservient to the other men for money, and slew others, not only in remote parts of the city, but in the temple itself also. For they had, to, had the boldness to murder men there, without thinking of the impiety of which they were guilty. And this seems... To me, to have been the reason why God, out of his hatred of these men's wickedness, rejected our city. And as for the temple, he no longer esteemed it sufficiently pure for him to inhabit therein, but brought the Romans upon us and threw a fire upon the city to purge it, and brought upon us our wives and children, slavery is desirous to make us wise by our calamities. So Flavius Josephus said that if you'll read on through that writing, this still is quite long, that yes, the temple was destroyed by God by way of the Romans because of their wickedness, not because of the Roman wickedness, because of the Jews' wickedness and what happened in the temple. But that happened in A.D. 70. Five years later, Josephus writes about it, the Jewish historian. Okay? And... Here, I want to show you all a little bit of Gog and Magog, Rosh and Tubala. I believe those are listed in the book of Genesis, some of the sons. I think it's maybe in Genesis 5 or Genesis 10. I'll have to go back and look and see where they're listed there, Miss Vicki. But I believe there are two of the sons listed in the genealogy there. Okay. Anyway. If you look at these, these are the nations, some of the nations that's going to be coming against Israel. This is Persia. Persia is modern-day Iran. Okay? Turkey would be up in here. All right? And this is the Black Sea. And the Black Sea, north of the Black Sea, is what country? Anybody ever heard of the USSR? 
Russia. Okay. Of course, the USSR was broken up. It's now just Russia. Okay. Now, if you come to the south, a small little place right here. What do you think this small little place is right there? That's Israel. So it's surrounded by the chief nations of the world. If you look at that, all over there where it says Magog, that's all of Europe. Magog is Europe. And up to the top, Gog is where? That's Russia. Both of them, according to the book of Ezekiel, a lot of chapters in Ezekiel. Matter of fact, no chapter 4 and even chapter 8. You will see them listed. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, what is the time? I have no idea of the time. What's the time? 717. Okay, exit out of that. I want you to go into the mouse. We got a few more minutes for the kids to get here. Boy, a lot of talking, didn't I? I want you to exit. I want you, want you to come down here and hit, hit the Bible program. If you can see it, you should be able to see it on your screen, right there. Hit that. Yeah, you should be able to see it on your screen. You shouldn't have to look up on there. It gives you the dual screen. All right, let's uh, bring it over to Ezekiel. Boy, that really made it small on that one, didn't it? Good grief. Ooh, man. Go to chapter 4. Matter of fact, go to chapter 8. Let's take a look. That's the abominations in the temple that God had showed Ezekiel. Let me come back there and look. I'm going to reach over you, Miss Marie. That's why I like using the mouse. Just give me a minute. Okay, we got a few minutes left. I just want to kind of tie this up a little bit. In Ezekiel chapter 38, Now the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, set your face against Gog. That's Russia. And the land of Magog. That's Europe. And the land of Rosh. What do you see Rosh at? Bring, go back to the PowerPoint minute, uh, RV. Go to the last slide. Take a look. Rosh and Meshach. Tubal and Meshach. You see those? All right. Go back to the Bible. 
That's not part of Russia? Yes, ma'am. Yeah, okay. All the way down into Afghanistan. All right. Meshach and Tubala, remember what you're seeing, though? I will turn you around, put hooks into your jaws, and lead you out with all your army, horses and horsemen, all splendidly clothed, a great company with uh, butchers and shears, all of them handling swords. Persia, did we not look at Persia? Then they got Ethiopia and Libya are with them. And then drop down to the next verse, you got Gomer and all his troops, the house of uh, Togana from the far north and all his troops. Go back to that slide, Arve. Is that Ezekiel 38? Yes, ma'am. So you look and see a lot of those names. Can you just uh, make that one big, Arve? Arve, no, 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 no. Don't hit the insert. No. Make, that make that slide just. So, Gomer, Switzerland, Switzerland and France, Tarsis, United Kingdom, yeah. yes, Persia, Targumus, Turkey, all of them right there, and most of these are our allies, and they're going to come against Israel. That's why I don't understand you Christians. What I'm saying to you, I'm not talking about us here. Right. Why Christians want to side with any decision against Israel? Can you fight against God and win? No. Oh, no. Lord Jesus ain't playing that stuff. <laughs> it's clearly marked out in the Bible in Ezekiel 38. Who these countries are. And we want to sit back and say, oh, they're our buddies and all. You better back up from that divine judgment of God. Like my wife and Shelly just said, the devil is a liar. Pick your right side. Choose God and Lord Jesus and live. Choose Israel. There you go. That's what I want. You got it, baby boy. That's my boy. Look at it. Folks, if that don't cover all of Russia and the eastern part of the Mediterranean, all the way the the far, far not the Far East, but the, the Middle East and all of Europe and Northern Africa, folks, we got another thought coming. They are not Israel's friends. Who's not Israel's friends? Look around and look at the map. Is the Antichrist supposed to be maybe coming out of Russia? We don't know exactly, but one map I showed, it actually showed Vladimir Putinism. <laughs> I'm telling y'all. Jesus Christ is our Lord. Amen. Jesus Christ loves Israel. He's going to protect this baby. And Israel, and contrary to popular belief, the church did not replace Israel. The church is made up 
of Israel and Gentiles. Amen. We know the hand of God's on Israel because they're surrounded by enemies and they're just a little bitty piece of land. And if you and if you look at yes, ma'am, if you look at the God that they say they have and a God that they say don't have a son named Jesus, he can't be the same God that the God of Israel is serving, excuse me, and we serve because our God has a son and his name is Jesus. Jesus came from the nation of Israel, from the house of David, born in the city of David, just as the prophet Michael had prophesied about in chapter 5. And he did the things that it was that Zechariah prophesied about by going into, into Jerusalem riding on a donkey. And as Daniel said, the Messiah would be cut off from among his people. Yes, he was. And same thing Isaiah said, he would be cut off his generation, be cut off from his generation. And so, folks, Lord Jesus is not happy with the nations that come against Israel. Y'all can believe this, this foolishness if you want to about the church has replaced Israel. Shoot, no, the church began with Israel. Amen. Who do you think the 12 apostles were? Matter of fact, who do you think its originator is? Jesus. 100% Jews. 100% God. And don't want to monkey around with that. I found this slide. You can go to bing.com, type in Gog and Magog, and you'll see these maps pop up. They're all over the internet to, to grab them. Okay? And so, the decision that has been made is paving the way for the Antichrist. Because those nations, including China, which doesn't show here, are all part of that vote that voted against Israel. And the United States didn't vote yes or no. It, it abstained, called abstention, meaning it's just as bad as voting what? No. Or against Israel. Yeah. It had to vote to block it. And the U.S. didn't, didn't vote. That sorry president of ours. He knew what he was doing under the influence of past presidents. Has something to do with this too. And John Kerry ought to be ashamed of himself saying he's a Christian man. He's not a Christian man. He don't even believe the word of God. None of them do. How can they stand against the word of God like that where God promised throughout all the first five books of the Bible, all five of them, that he was giving that land to his children Israel, to the descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. How can they go against God like that and call themselves men and women of God? They cannot be true children of God unless they get on their knees and ask God to forgive them for believing these lies that they've been told. Yes, ma'am. That says judgment against nations that go against farmers. Yes, you're right. And that shows that we just did something. And I asked God, and I'm asking other Christians, 
other disciples of our Lord Jesus Christ to join in with me in prayer and ask our God to forgive us and hold not this sin against us for the short-sighted decision of our leaders. The people as a whole had nothing to do with this. This we have we don't have that kind of power to make that decision. Obama did that. Along with the Carters, along with the Clintons, along with the Bushes. Yes, the Bushes had something to do with this too. And folks, let me tell you, I don't want to be standing before Jesus explaining to him why did I support such a decision. I'm asking him to have mercy upon our country. Do not hold the common people at fault for this. We did not do this. We had no power to control this. Now, our coming in president said he loves Israel. He said it repeatedly. I love, I love, I love Israel. I will stand with Israel. I would have never done this. Okay, President-elect Trump said, he said, I would have never done this. I would, we would have voted to block this. As far as I'm concerned, we Can need to... Do something? No, because this is a U.N. decision. What he can do, he can tell the U.N. get out of our country. Go get their own. And that's what I hope he does. Kick them sorry jokers out of here. And don't give them any money support. And don't give them any money. Cut money off to them. Because the U.N. does nothing. All it does is harm nations. And so... I'm so sad to see that some of our Western world brothers, our allies, who have fought alongside our troops, that their government has done this sin against God. It's really, really sad. It's sad. Because some of our soldiers gave their lives defending some of these countries. Sure did. Britain, you bet you a lot of our men France, you bet you. Turkey, yes, our soldiers died fighting to save them. Italy, yes. Go back to World War One and World War Two. Who you think God used to save their butts? The United States. And we lost a lot of tens of thousands of soldiers fighting to deliver these people from under the hands of Hitler. And I'm, I'm just sad. Miss Vicky, like I said, sister, you didn't have any idea the depth of the information you were asking me to give. Well, I knew when that UN thing happened, I felt it. <laughs> and so I wanted to- I was grieved. the most poignant thing for what's happening right now that you're teaching us. And it's telling you all, I showed you the Bible verses of the prophets what God had them to write. This stuff is real. It's coming alive right before us. Historians have written about it. Josephus, as much as he betrayed his own people, was a very, very qualified historian. He wrote about it. You, you've seen some of his own works. And so... You two little birds paying attention back there? Yeah. <laughs> Brother, yes, sis. Are you, 
are we going to be doing more next week? Or, because um, Do y'all want more of this next week? If you do, let me see your hands and we can march on. Uh-oh, I, I guess the... to know about... Um, the masses rule. They're your building. They're building. What's about what they're building? Right now, Miss Vicky. Right, right now, you're asking me information that's probably classified within the country of Israel. Well, I hear things on the news. Yeah, we hear things, but how can you trust the news? News too. How can you trust the news? It's more. The news is one of the most deceptive things out there. What is it? The Palestinians that believe that Jerusalem is their land. Yes. Yeah. And how did they? Did they? Was there a time when they occupied that? You see, when up to the time of the Six Day War, Jordan had control of East Jerusalem, where the Temple Mount is. And Jordan is the Palestinians. The Jordanians. Jordanians. And so when Israel defeated Syria and Jordan and all of them in Egypt in the Six-Day War, it took back the West Bank. West Bank. And, 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 it, and it, all of Jerusalem came back under control of Israel. And also... We have to look at, we have to go back and study from, from, from 1948 upward. And let's okay. look at. Can we do that? Yes, time? I can do some homework. Okay. Well, we'll cover all that next week in more detail. One person had a question. There's always others. That and it's okay because God wants you to understand what's going on in the world. He said, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge in me. We need to know what God has done. Okay, and what he's doing. And we also need to see what the Antichrist and what Satan got going against the works of God. But the Bible tells us that Jesus was manifested to destroy the works of the devil. Okay, so these works are not going to prevail, even though in our eyes they may seem like they're overwhelming, they're powerful, and it appears to be overtaking Israel. But you know what? They will not succeed. Okay? This is not going to succeed. God is still in control. God is always in control. God never gives up control. And so it's a blessed assurance to know that Jesus Christ loves Israel. And um, Jerusalem is God's holy city. It is the most holiest place on earth. Okay? It's where our Lord died and rose again from the dead. It's where our Lord ascended back into heaven. It's also where our Lord's coming back again. He's going to split the Temple Mount. Okay? And the earth is going to be divided. It's going to be a great river that comes through. And it's going to flow from the west to the east. It's going to, and the Dead Sea is going to come alive. Amen. And so the Lord is going to do great things, great, great things. And I thank God that his people are hungry for knowledge. And I pray that the Holy Spirit give me the wisdom to give you that knowledge that you're seeking from God in this. Because Lord Jesus wants his people to be informed. Okay. And as you're seeking this, this is also a prayer item, a daily prayer item for you. Pray for the peace of Israel. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem, as the psalmist says. You know, may those prosper who pray 
for the peace of Jerusalem. And so it's a blessing for you to pray for Jerusalem. That's God's baby. That's God's city on earth. Jerusalem is. He didn't name Washington, D.C. He didn't name Moscow. He didn't name Paris. He didn't name London. He didn't name Bonn, which is the capital of, 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 of Germany. He didn't name any of those places as his headquarters. He said Jerusalem. In fact, he said there's a new Jerusalem on his way. Amen? Amen. And so, I believe in our Lord Jesus Christ. It's, the more I talk about this, the more I get heartbroken. But I know who's the victor. Jesus, our Lord. The king from the root of David. Who will sit on David's throne forever. He's always going to protect Israel. He even got... He's the one responsible for discipline Israel, and he and he alone, not the nations. It's not our job to make decisions for Israel. That's God's job. Yes. And Netanyahu said that. That's right. That President Obama should not be lecturing him. No. There's not any human's place to mess with Israel. That's God's job. Mm -hmm. Okay? We still got a couple more questions to ask before I was hoping Tamara would show up with the kids. But pray for baby Clayton continually. That God, Lord Jesus, yes, God, he's in chance. That, that God will manifest himself in this baby. And uh, for you all, God has given you everything you need, Lord Jesus has, to go out and bring souls in here. It's your job to go out and get the harvest and bring it in. It's time to go to work, WLC. Witnesses of Christ, because that's what Jesus said. He said, you shall also be my witnesses. And he said, well, you shall receive power from on high, and you will be my witness here in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the rest of the world. world. All right, WLC. Our Lord has told us what to go do. Let's start doing it. I want to see some folks coming in from your labor. Okay? And if I can ever do anything. Come on in, Mr. David. We're finished. We're just waiting on the children to arrive. And we're talking about the UN decision. We're going to go in a little bit more depth next week. <coughs> Even though it may be a political decision, yet God has already spoken against these nations in, in Ezekiel chapter 38. And he named those nations right there by name in Ezekiel chapter 38. Y'all can't, you couldn't miss that boy. You had to be really blind to not see that one. I mean, he called them out by name. And so, and every one of them have a seat on the UN. Am I right, Mr. David? 
I would not want to stand with them right now. Well, we have no choice from where we live. We have no choice but to be in this nation. Because God hasn't set aside a sovereign nation yet called for Christians only, has he? Any more questions? The only thing he put aside for the for Christians is heaven. The kingdom of God. Amen. Amen. Lord Jesus is our commander in chief. All right. Yes, I got a question in the back. No? All right. As we close out today, I want to tell our friends how to get in contact with us. If you have a loved one that you want us to pray for, for salvation, that should always be the top of the list. Because we believe God answers prayer. Our Lord Jesus intercedes for us. He wants us interceding for others. And I think the greatest thing we can do is pray for lost people. So we want you all to send us your prayer requests from around the world. And our address here is 18583. And I slow that down. My wife said I said it too fast. 18583 High Springs Main Street. High Springs, Florida, 32643. Our phone number here is Harry Code. Uh, for those who are outside of the United States, I believe our country code is 001. It's either 001 or 011. I sometimes get that confused. Mr. David and I was talking about that the other day. But uh, don't forget to put in the country code for the United States if you need to call us and talk to us. And uh, you can also email us at WOCM High Springs, WOCM High Springs at gmail.com. WOCM High Springs at gmail.com. You can also, we ha we're working on our webpage. It's up and running. It's being worked on right now. And that's WOCMHighSprings.com. you also find us on Facebook, Witnesses of Christ Ministry, or WOCM. Uh, Send us your letters and call us. We'll be glad to pray for you. And we want everybody to know this last thing. Jesus Christ is Lord. Amen. He's the only way in which men and women and boys and girls can be saved. That night sitting at the table with his disciples, when he was talking and answering Thomas' them questions, he says, I'm the way, the truth, Amen. and the life. No one comes to the Father except, except through me. And that's the truth. It cannot be changed. Jesus Christ is the Son of God, who's the Lamb of God, who died for our sins. And on the third day, God raised him from the dead. And he's seated at the right hand of God the Father, but God has highly exalted him and given him a name that's above every name. And at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow, bow 
and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Amen. To the glory of God the Father. God bless you. Close us out in prayer, Deacon Clinton, so we can go home. Father, we thank you for this Bible study. We thank you for getting us all together to worship you. We thank you for waking us up every day. Jesus, please bring over Israel and Jerusalem. Bring peace to Jerusalem. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.